If you drop your change in a tip jar, but the barista didn't see it, did it really happen? Whoa. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Alex Dyson, I'm in a car park at the uh, supermarket the other day, trying to do my quick dash in to get the groceries, and I see this Picos walk past me. This right? what? Picos. Picos. And, yeah. What's a Picos? A dollar twenty with sauce. Oh! oh! Yes! <laughs> you don't. Yes! Oh! oh it was man. Ba- you you basically that's that's worse than the time <laughs> someone gave me a ligma. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. What's a ligma? Ligma balls. Lamau <laughs> <laughs> <Lamelle> got him. <laughs> Anyways, I only, I only bring it up because that, that's my... Um, Look, that leads me into what we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show, all right? Uh, the $1.20 was sourced for the pie. Um, I mean, that shows my age, really. Yeah. The pie hasn't cost a $1.20 in a very, very long time, but we're going to get into that. We have do have a massive show. There is, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> worrying, the, the situation when it comes to canteens and tuck shops. So we'll get into that a little uh, later on. But also, we do love a bit of good music here at All Day Breakfast, Matt O'Kine, and we're going to be chatting to two of the best. Oh my gosh, it doesn't stop, does it? The amount of hits that those guys have produced are just incredible. It is the Wombats, but we are going to be talking to Dan and Tord from that band about a new little project they've been working on. That's right. So many great memories of dancing around with the Wombats. Uh, Murph, Dan and Tord, other people in the band. Dan and Tord have, uh, alongside Murph, who's been doing Love, Fame, Tragedy, have launched their own little solo thing whilst uh, things have been in lockdown. It is called Sunship Balloon, and we're going to be finding out what they've been up to very soon. And depending on time you listen to this, you can listen to the full chat as well. We've got a full bonus episode in the works for those guys as well. So stick with us. It's Matt and Alex with a little bit of All Day Breakfast. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Now, Matt O'Kine, when I wake up in the morning, I check two things on Twitter. Uh, one is the Department of Health and Human Services from Victoria, the numbers for the day, which usually come out between eight and nine. And uh, look, very good day yesterday, five um, for the day. So Victoria, Bravo. hats off, masks on, you're doing good. Um, we're going along nicely there. Uh, the other one I like to check is our Queen Mariah Carey because she always just dishes some really hot goss on, uh, on Twitter and yesterday was no, no different. Well, I mean, you, n- normally come September, October, you'd be expecting uh, all I want for Christmas posts because <laughs> surely the clock is is a ticking. Well, we're already getting hot cross buns <laughs> in the supermarket, so it's only a matter of time till Mar- Mariah so, comes in. But, she, you know, she's had a, a wide-ranging career. I'm sure at times you may have thought, you know, her, her peak could have been with Jamie Packer, but no, we're thinking 90s here, back in the day when this was all over the radio. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
I absolutely loved Mariah Carey for a while. One Sweet Day with Boys to Men. Oh, what a collab. I reckon Matokaid, is R&B your favourite genre? It was when I was this age. I can tell you that for sure. When a hero comes along, oh, oh my God. Honey. Oh, oh Queen. Um, what a queen. And you would have thought with Mariah focusing on R&B, you know, that'd be it. That'd be her whole life. But it came out on Twitter this week. Uh, she said, fun fact, I did an alternative album whilst I was making Daydream, just for laughs, but it got me through some dark days. Here's a little of what I wrote about it in hashtag the meaning of Mariah Carey. Shout out to my friend Clarissa who performs the lead with me as a hidden layer. And it's a it's like an emo band named Chick. It was like she was a bit punk back in the day, Mariah, whilst she was melting our hearts. Yeah, here's the incredible thing. She secretly made an alternative rock album. During the sessions that she was recording Daydream, her massive 1995 album, she put her uh, one of her really good friends as the lead vocalist. She provided all the backup, but she wrote, she produced it. It doesn't sound anything like the Mariah Carey we know. Okay, this is what it sounds like. It's kind of like playing the I reckon she's got a little bit of Courtney Love yeah. kind of... You know, inspiration from that. And those fuzzy guitars, that's a, that's almost a little bit of bush glycerine happening in, uh, in that particular era. She's in backing Ooh. vocals in this song as well that she wrote. It's a song called Joe by Chick. Um, so there it is, a whole different life that we had no idea was going on, Matt. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And look, she's not the only artist who's who's done this kind of secret dealings under pseudonyms mm. before. There's been a few that have popped up over the years and some really big names who have done some pretty pretty interesting stuff. I mean, well, I mean, look, you know, we want to talk big names, big big names, all right? My dad, um Daddy Mac. I we were, I was asked him about a secret project he got up to once because I was like Noticing lots of like empty bottles around the house. I was like, hey, I was, and I was starting to get to the age where I was like, you know what you should do? You should start doing homebrew. Oh. And he was like, okay, I need to tell you, I've been doing it in the shed for the last 10 years. <laughs> I was like, what? He's, he's just been having this whole racket out the back. I had no idea that he'd been doing it. He had a whole secret project. He, I mean, he could be the Forex man for all I know. Well, that could, that wouldn't surprise me, actually, Daddy Mac. I'm sure he could brew a very good crab-based beer. <laughs> I wouldn't do, you know, a little bit of muddy notes happening throughout. I wouldn't mind that. But I know uh, in Reflector by Arcade Fire, there's like, what? who's that voice? What's going on here? David Bowie. Oh, if yeah. you don't mind, That's popping up in there. Incredible. Prince secretly collaborated with Janelle Monet on a, a sneaky check before he sadly passed away. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. I mean, you say secretly, but, oh, that's that Prince <laughs> warmth, isn't it? Can we just... Can we take a moment to just honour all of the stank faces that everyone <laughs> in the studio just pulled? I, I'm looking at the Zoom... 
everyone went like this. Oh, yeah, like you're smelling a real blue cheese. But then there's the uh, the people who have moved outside the world of music, and they haven't just collabed on a secret music project, but a, a secret different project. Lord ran a secret Instagram account called Onion Rings Worldwide, where she raided onion rings from around the world. <laughs> this is her talking about it on Jimmy Flat Fallon. Here's the thing. I didn't, I sort of naively didn't realise it would be like a thing that I, that I, that I was going to different places and trying the onion rings at each of those places. I just like, I It is really, you? Oh God, it's me, it's me. It's oh my me. God, you are... reads like the kind of thing that a pop star would do to like look relatable which I wasn't doing it was like a funny thing with like my friends on the tour this is now taken down you take it down right I it's... just felt like I was like now everyone knows about it and it's like it will feel like something I'm doing to like yeah, now you're gonna be an fame. onion ring reviewer and yeah and then I'm like just, people are gonna be throwing onion rings at me on tour and yes. I'm just gonna like turn into a whole no thing. I know what you mean yeah don't do that no that absolutely, it was yeah. fun for like five seconds but uh I'm still gonna you know keep eating onion rings have it's you um I think they're underrated as well I don't think they get enough credit for how delicious they are. Damn straight they don't get enough credit. Mm. I mean, really, for a long time, HJs are the only people doing them in Australia. You know, no one was game enough to take on the rings. When are the pineapple fritters coming into play? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know you who's going to do them. I we think should it's start up. Matt secret pineapple fritter company. That could be there. But it's, it extends from beyond music as well and into sports. Um, Contavious Caldwell Pope, who's a player for the Lakers, who just put, went through to the NBA finals alongside the underdogs, Miami Heat, who have done very well to make it to the finals. Uh, people are saying that there's a, uh, a, a bot account at Tan50879294, which does a lot of tweets, you know, supporting this um, slightly fringe player on the team. And people think it's actually him, his initials KCP himself, just supporting himself. So there's ones he, like here. The hate on here surrounding a man giving it all is tough to see. KCP going to continue hooping. You either behind him or not. But when he ends up being a key part of this championship hopeful team, don't be surprised. There's always been a bucket, always will be. Uh, oh look! If that is him, it's all gonna it's all gonna unfold one night after he's had a few beers and he decides to vote from ten five zero eight seven. You know, tweet from ten five zero eight seven, and suddenly next minute KCP's big up in himself. Look, it happens in the author world as well. Richard Bachman was Stephen King, um, you know, and and Richard Bachman wrote well. Stephen King wrote The Running Man, which was a huge hit. And that was apparently Richard Bachman. And when, when in the inside of cover of the book, um, there's a photo which is which is of of so-called Richard Bachman. Turns out the actual person in the photo is Richard Manuel, the insurance agent of Kirby McCauley, who was Stephen King's literary agent. <laughs> so imagine imagine people stopping on the street being like, Richard. I love what you did in chapter 18. He's like, I'm just trying to get best coverage. And who's the famous director who um, oh, directs? Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy <laughs> is the pseudonym that anyone who directs an absolute <laughs> mongrel of a film puts it up as Alan's, directed by Alan Smithy so as not to take the heat from uh, from the Razzies. <laughs> Absolutely. So and uh, finally, uh, we, the famous one as well, you want to talk about big names, uh, none other than Ian from Werribee or uh, Edward. <laughs> From Carlton, who, who texted in about, in about 
about Woods being the goods to <laughs> Triple J. So if you've got a, a secret side hustle, secret side account, no one knows as you, please come on in to the uh, all-day breakfast realm and uh, let us know about it. Yeah, you are listening to M&A. That is Matt and Alan Smithy. <laughs> all-day breakfast. <laughs> Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Now, Matt, speaking of Mariah Carey with a secret little side project, we've got a couple of gentlemen that we got to talk to live from Oslo, Dan and Todd from The Wombats, uh, except they haven't waited 25 years to let us know they've got music on the side. Uh, it's come out this week. They've got a project called Sunship Balloon, and we got to have a chat to them via Zoom. Yeah, if you're wondering what it sounds like, then take a listen to this. Sorry, Alex Dyson's just been singing <laughs> along to that. Well, doing the so, pull the down. The are so lush. You know, like you're doing where the. Where are you now? <laughs> you're doing that one-armed um, chin-up kind of look. You know, <laughs> where are you now? Um, we caught up with Dan and Todd in uh, Todd's studio, which had a very impressive backdrop, so I couldn't help but ask all about it. I read that you guys sort of wrote and finished this record in about four months, which is in, like incredible pace. And to be doing it isolated, doing a lot of writing over Zoom, who has the best Zoom background? <laughs> we have none of us have actually like changed our um, our backgrounds to be honest, because we heard some horror stories in the early days. No, but I mean, I like who's who's has the best outlook? You know, like who who has the most impressive Zoom? Room. <laughs> I think these guitars behind are probably for the music geek out there are pretty good. Right. So this is They're interesting. We're getting a about- tour of Todd's place yeah. in Oslo at the moment. Plenty of uh, yeah. got a few guitars and basses by the looks of things there, Todd. What what would uh, guitar freaks be particularly interested in in Todd from the Wombat Studio? Maybe this. Um, I suppose this guy is from seventy eight. Nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. Fender Telly. Ooh, wee. Was it previously owned by anyone? It hasn't, you know, had the, the, the tongue lick of Jimi <laughs> Hendrix or anything like that? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah I think Jimi Hendrix farted on it once. This <laughs> <laughs> actually, um, guitar got us a uh, story. Oh, really? Just, okay. Uh, Todd's brought in a black looking. What kind of guitar is that, Todd? Uh, it's a Gibson Les Paul and it's from 1956. Ooh. Um, really super old. Wow. Was, that, was that the original one played on Rock Around the Clock, or which one are we? <laughs> what have we got here? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was uh, before Kiss. There was a band called Good Rats, and I think it was Ace Freely, or I can't remember. One of the members of Kiss was in this band before Kiss. Wow, now and that sounds like a super guitar, specific guitar. music fact. <laughs> yeah, uh, and <laughs> and basically this guitar was. Uh, Ace, uh, not Ace Freely, it was Eddie Jelly, the guitar player in Good Rats, played this guitar. Oh, and he died my from God. 
uh, like many, many moons ago. But uh, anyway, this is his guitar. Wow. And, and how did you get it? Did you just buy it online or was it in a market or, you know, ransack it was, a uh, house? Or? It, was this, uh, it was this Norwegian guy who managed to like get hold of it from from America, like back in the 90s. And he sold it to me when he was broke, basically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I went into involuntary administration uh, there and thought it was the beneficiary. Let's talk about a track called A Thousand Conversations because I heard that you've uh, you've got some interesting percussion in that one. Yeah, um, that was actually recorded in that room over there. Um, I had some keys in my pocket and basically I think I was about to sing and started like doing like basically playing the drums on myself like with my pocket just as I think getting sidetracked as usual yeah basically any, any, drummer, <laughs> any, any drummer out there will know or anyone who's going out with a drummer will know that body parts are a great place to like practice on and whatever <laughs> and like desks in school they were a classic Always used to get in trouble for playing on the desk. That sounds like yeah, the kid who turned up without his drumsticks and like, <laughs> no, I've got, I've got them here. I brought my, I brought my drumsticks <laughs> here. Brought my chest. Yeah. <laughs> and then Todd was like, oh, hang on, keep doing that, and like cranked up the compression loads, and you know it distorted a bit, and it was like, oh, this sounds really cool. Hang on, just just press play and like let's see what happens. So I just like started jamming over it basically, and then it just created this like weird feel, um, and then we just chopped it, and like that whole song's just kind of like looped basically um, yeah that's incredible because it's one of my favourites on the album as well and now now I'm going to have to remember that I've got my keys just tap for my keys whenever I think I'm listening to it just make sure that I've got them and I haven't locked myself out of the house which will be good there it is, some very impressive fretwork when it comes to collecting the guitars from Tord from the Wombats. Uh, we got to chat to him and Dan, as you just heard uh, there, for, about their side project, Sunship Balloon. And that was just four minutes of about a 20, 25-minute chat. So uh, we thought we'd release the whole thing as part of a little bonus episode. So please go and check it out. Such nice guys. Uh, and, yeah, they told us so many different stories from the samples they used for the song, which is quite surprising. Um, and also the time they actually got to interview Paul McCartney Cartney from the Beatles, so I'm sure it was no small influence on their musical direction when it comes to releasing their uh, album for the project Sunship Balloon. Yeah, they're absolute legends, and uh, you can check out the whole Long Lunch. We're doing Long Lunches a little bit differently at the moment, so check it out. It'll be dropping at midday today, so keep an eye on your feed. Onwards and upwards with the show. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. All day breakfast with a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm. All day breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, as if this gosh darn pandemic couldn't hit us any lower. But oh, don't tell me. No, oh, what's it doing this time? It's it's hitting at our nostalgia, man. Uh oh. It's it's getting us where it really really stings. It's it's ruined Yoho Diablos. What's happened? <laughs> You know I've got a VHS teaching me all the tricks, <laughs> all right, at somewhere at home that I got from the Maya Centre one uh, sunny Sunday afternoon, the only shopping centre open in Brisbane on a Sunday. <laughs> but uh, no, man, it's coming for our tuck shops. What? In schools? Yes, the school tuck shop, the sacred 
beacon of tastiness, the thing that you looked forward the the real church, I dare say, <laughs> where we would pray every day. I tell you what, I went back and did work experience in year 10 at my old primary school. So mm. I became a teenager. I did work experience as a PE teacher at my oh. old primary school. As soon meant- as a pre as the pre-lunch canteen smell drifted over, because the can- gym was next to the canteen, the nostalgia absolutely took me uh, what came over me like a uh, tsunami and it, there's nothing better than smelling the nibble pies. Well, and yes, in Warnable we do call them nibble pies. Well, you can apologise to your olfactory senses now, all right, because if COVID hasn't already deteriorated your sense of smell, then you're probably not even going to smell the sweet, sweet smells of, uh, you know, baked pastries ever again because apparently... They're going. PNC associations across the country, um, especially in places like Victoria, New South Wales, saying they can't do it. They just can't keep a canteen open. It's not viable. Okay, aside Mm. from the fact, right, the cash is going out the window, so kids aren't even being able to buy stuff from the place, Yep. right? Health and safety. I mean, you think it's difficult running uh, (laughs) a bar and a restaurant and a cafe, Alex Dyson. You do it every day. Imagine having to do it. People who literally have no money. I know. Right? The, they barely at, have a cent. And the rules about table service isn't too good. You wouldn't, like the, <laughs> you wouldn't imagine the kids going into the canteen and having to sit down and be served <laughs> rather than oh. lining up and pushing. And, you know, when you go, you're not allowed to cut in front, but if you cut in you cut in front and then they swap spaces, that was the key. You got your friend. <laughs> yeah, Can so, I go in front of you? Can you go in front of me? Yeah, perfect. And parents don't want to be confined to, to tiny kitchens with strangers on a rotating roster, so they can't even get enough people in to cook the meals. It's an absolute nightmare, and it's looking like there's a chance, okay, that tuck shops are on death's door, and I figure before we say a a final goodbye to them forever, okay, before it's too late, we've got to appreciate life while it still exists. We need to do a living eulogy. Dear tuck shop, ever since I first met you in year one, 1991, St. Lucia, Brisbane, I've never looked at brown paper bags the same. I miss sprinting out of class to be first in line because that's the coolest thing you can do as a school kid for some reason. I bought so many things with you. Musk sticks in little plastic bags with those impossible to undo sticky tie things at the top of them. Eucalyptus drops. You even convinced me that Dr Pepper was cool. The only thing cooler than lining up first at the tuck shop on a lunchtime was having a parent who worked in the actual tuck shop. It was like the Amex black card. You can literally choose anything you want. I remember eating um, a bag of chips after uh, a classmate had gone to pick up the little tidy tray full of everyone's orders, coming back to the class and uh, putting it down, and I... There was an extra bag of chips there after we'd all gone to lunch, and I thought, well, they must have made a mistake. So I ate it. Turns out Ben Michelson had gone to the toilet, and uh, I got told off by our deputy principal, and I had to apologise to Ben Michelson, and I cried my whole way through the apology. I was very embarrassed. 
Um, it's not been without some troubles, though. You, you've lost your way a bit recently, not going to lie, with uh, sausage rolls costing upwards of $4, I've heard, in some establishments, which is absolutely criminal. Um, you've had your haters, all right, Jamie? I'm looking at you, Mr. Oliver. You and your celery. Anyways, look, I'm going to miss swinging on your cue barriers while I waited in line like they were the parallel bars and I was Nadia Comaneci. <laughs> and just like Nadia Comaneci on a good dismount, you were a perfect 10. Uh, Goodbye. Um, well, I guess I should say a few words. Dear Tuck Shop, I've, I've got tears in my eyes. Much like the tears that came into my eyes when um, I mean, my mates would buy some... 50 cent salt and vinegar popcorn from you and um, stuff it in our mouths as a challenge to see who could tolerate the uh, the tartness and um, <laughs> made us tear up. I'll always remember I had some such good times with you. Bought a Mars bar, I had a one in seven chance of of getting another one. I did. And then on the free Mars bar, I, I scored another free one and a few days have come close to that since. <laughs> Look, it hasn't all been smooth sailing, though. Um, I do remember our canteen had a few tables and me and my first girlfriend uh, sat there and held hands for the first time. And they had a TV that played Rage in the canteen all day at, at Audible College and... Um, what? Yeah. We were holding hands and Mambo Number 5 came on and I said, I really don't like this song. And um, she said, oh, really? I like it. And um, I knew that relationship was doomed. <laughs> Also remember um, when Zappos got banned from you because people kept chucking the <laughs> paper on the ground. That was uh, that Zappos. was a sad day. Zappos are so good. Yeah, they were so tasty, but everyone kept throwing so the rubbish tasty. on the ground. Got us, got it banned. Thanks, anti-maskers. <laughs> but I am going to miss you. The nibble pie smell will always be with me. Although I hated when you got your pie back from your lunch bag and the sauce got stuck to the brown paper bag. Most of it was on there and not on, on the pie itself. But you know what? In the end, I kind of really loved that. Represents the blood that is now dropping from your cold corpse. No, it's a living <laughs> eulogy. Oh, sorry. Punch-ups are still alive. Oh, well, it makes sense because... You only bleed if you're still living because the heart's pumping the blood out of mm. out of the body. Um, no, that's it. What do we got catered for the wake here? Hey, have a heart. What's that? Oh, am I showing my age? I don't know what a have Remember a heart is. I have a heart is? <laughs> I was going to go for the uh, the old $1.40 chicken burger. <laughs> only on a summer menu. <laughs> Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. So, Matt, I got a bit of a rude shock the other evening, okay? Um, watching some comics and chill. Uh, Kyron Wheatley, Reese Nicholson in the uh, old Comedy Republic, the comedy venue, putting on some um, putting on some Zoom shows where you watch watch a movie on Netflix and comedians sort of talk about it. 
Um, yeah, this is happening. your this is your comedy club that you're uh, currently running at the moment. Yeah, uh, and you know, not doesn't have to be Netflix. Could be um, Stan or Amazon. Absolutely, just doesn't work as and chill as well. You know, Amazon and chill. What about this? What about what? Okay, what about this? Hey, you want to come over for a bit of Amazon and its own? <laughs> Some Amazon and its own. <laughs> Some stand and slam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. See? Yeah. All right. Yeah. For any of those. Uh, anyway, it's comics and you chill out and you watch a movie together. And so you do that. And they were watching this. Peter Hellier was, Hellier was on. Very funny. Nikki Britton was on. Very funny. Watching some Mission Impossible. Okay. Come to the very end of the film. And I was about to sign out. But then Kyron said, oh, we've got someone raising their hand. Let's bring them in. I'm like, oh, this should be interesting. And they... Um, bring it on. They'll go, hello, Alex Dyson. And I'm lying in my bed at 10 o'clock at night and the phone suddenly, I'm on the show with them oh. because instead of hitting leave meeting, I think I hit raise hand. Oh, and I was suddenly no. on this show with some very funny people in my hoodie in my bed um, going, what? And- I didn't mean to do this. And they're like, what did you want to say? I'm like, Nothing. Why am I? Why is this happening? <laughs> They're like, oh, sorry, bye. And I suddenly, it's like I was escaping a prison and I got a spotlight just shone directly on my face. As uh, what's, your, what's your sleeping situation like? Because, I mean, I know. I, well, you my said, living what are you room. Just I was in my. Oh, you're in your I'm living room. Living That's room. right. Oh, and if you're only just joining the it, podcast for the first time now, Alex Dyson has decided to move his bedroom into the living room. Yeah. And it was genuinely lucky that I had clothes on. Um, because it was at that time, they're usually it's it's devoid, but it was quite embarrassing. I mean, seeing Peter Hallier and, and Nikki, very very funny people, and just having me from my bed <laughs> acting like I wanted to be part of the show, and they're just like a bewildered, you know, it's like when a giraffe is just born and it staggers around, not knowing <laughs> what is this existence that you, you're in. That's know, what I felt like. I, I mean, we on this podcast every single day, and uh, I get on a stage sometimes, many times a week. The scariest thing is being asked to do it when I'm not expecting it. I just absolutely cannot cannot handle it. Like, you know, people ask about, like, audience participation, mm. you know, and they're like, oh, I don't want to sit in the front row. I don't want to be called up on stage. If that happened to me, I, I, I don't want to – I would run. I would just run out of the room. It's awful. Pr- what about you, Sam, our producer? Just as I quickly take my face mask off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting. Thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? Go on. <laughs> you don't even know what the talkback is, <laughs> yeah, do you? You've not been it listening at your own point. Uh, it proves my uh, point. I've got a different podcast on under these headphones. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> you know, do you want to know about when I was caught on stage? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was, but you suddenly put in the spotlight. I was. Um, I went and saw Sam Simmons show at, at, uh, at a comedy festival. Whoever's seen Sam Simmons is pretty out there. And then he was looking for someone. He walked up the aisle looking for someone to drag on stage. And I just remember thinking, oh, God, you wouldn't want to be this person. <laughs> and then he put his hand on my shoulder and said, you, get up. And then the next 15 minutes, I really don't know what happened. I went into some sort of like panic attack shock mm. of just thinking, just make this end. It's That walk up the aisle is, is like, you know, when you're on a bus and um, – <laughs> Like there's a seat next to you, but there's a seat next to heaps of people, and mm. you're like they're you're, they're walking up the aisle, and you think, "Don't sit next to me," but <laughs> like it's it's unlikely that you will because there's so many other people that you would prefer to sit next to, and then they sit next to you, and you're like, "No, how mm. could it be me?" Or if you're so sitting on the ste- tram steps on the opposite side, and the tram's not going, and the person goes, 
can you please clear the stairs, clear the stairs or something. And then the whole <laughs> tram goes to look at you and you're like, oh, sorry, and move out of the way. So let us know, when have you had the spotlight suddenly shone upon you? Yeah, get in touch at matt.n.alex on Instagram. We'd love to hear your stories as to uh, as to what happened. Well, that does bring us to the end of another all-day breakfast, but we do recommend you go and check out our interview with Dan and Todd from the Wombats slash Sunship Balloon, their brand-new side project. Uh, while you're listening to that, add a playlist with Chick, the band from the 90s that uh, Mariah Carey turned out to be uh, writing a lot of songs for and uh, doing some BVs in. Yeah, you know what? All these people are doing secret side projects, not us. We are doing very much a well-known and popular side project, and that is that of Robe makers, wearers, providers. We have Matt and Alex all day robes still to give away. We gave one away yesterday to Erica who took a photo of her and her partner on the Great Ocean Robe holiday that they went on. So please, if you want a robe, and I'm telling you, I'm not often honest, honestly. I am an absolute (laughs) lie machine. I'm telling you now... They're, Matt's not even my real name. I'm actually <laughs> I'm I'm actually called Gertrude, but my <laughs> Jerry. They call me Jerry with the G. Um, I'm serious here. They're the best robes you'll ever wear. Please, please, chuck a photo of yourself on Instagram wearing uh, your robe or pajamas or anything a little bit strange somewhere. Uh, that you wouldn't normally wear those things and hashtag all day robe. Make sure you include us at matt.n.alex and we will uh, we'll consider you. Yeah, we'll hopefully get a robe out to you. Uh, we're going to leave you today with a little story from listener Ryan who uh, heard me talking about our household's differing views when it comes to uh, talking during a movie. I'm a talk after the movie kind of guy. Woods is a talk during the movie kind of gal. And uh, Ryan has a bit of a story about that one, so we thought we'd, you'd, we'd leave you with his uh, home movie predicament. Thank you so much for listening to this program. We'll catch you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, Matt and Alex team. It's Ryan here. Um, I was just listening to the episode where you're talking about talking during movies and my wife is the reigning champion of that. Our third ever date, we went to see a romantic comedy at the cinemas. During the movie, the girl took the guy back even though he was a real douche and my wife stood up and screamed, don't take that idiot back and threw popcorn at the screen. But we were sitting like, you know, 12 rows back so we just hit the person three rows in front in the head. Um, she will also, before we watch a movie, quickly read this, the entire plot on Wikipedia and then still get into it and act surprised. She, like, she even knows the ending of the movies. Also, if I'm watching a movie and she comes in at the 90-minute the mark and someone gets shot or, you know, something happens, she'll be like, oh, my God, no, I can't believe they did that, without any context, without knowing if they deserved it, what they've done, having no idea. She gets fully sucked into the story. She would get sucked into the end credits of a movie even though she may have already read them already on IMDb. (laughs) That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.